Today's shir, we continue talking about the halachas of shtaris, and we will discuss an interesting mechanism which can be invoked in a shtar and even in a milvile peh as pertaining to the belief of the borrower against the lender. The mechaber in Simon Ein Aleph, Sif Aleph, the mechaber says as follows, Hisna ha'malvim ha'loiva, if the lender makes a condition with the loiva, with the borrower, makes it tonight, sheyehei neman b'chol eis sheyoymer shaloi paroi, that he should be believed any time that the lender says that he, the money was not paid up yet. It means to say the lender wants to have the power of being believed over the word of the borrower. He's allowed to collect his money without a shavuah. Even though he, the borrower said that he paid it, he can still collect from him even without a shavuah. Even if it's a verbal loan, in other words, it was done simply al there was no shtar. In that case, um, it has to be dafka that there were edim that he believed him with this condition. Says the Mechaber later on, and if the condition was so far that it's even believed, they stipulated that it should even be believed as if the Malva brought two witnesses, even though the borrowers can actually bring two live witnesses that he paid back, he still has the power to collect from the borrower without a shvuah. So again, to sum it up, the Mechaber is saying that a person can write in a star that he wants that this star should be proof or this uh, agreement should have the power, a stipulation, that he is always believed as far as the status of the loan. He's always believed that the loan was not paid back. So even if the borrower is going to say, what do you mean? Paraita, I paid back. Prove it wasn't paid back. Right? The law is going to be that the borrower is going to, is, is going to have to pay and we, because we believe since the borrower gave the lender the power to be believed against his word, the borrower is going to be able to collect this money even without the customary that he should have collected with uh, against the um, the borrower, and says the mechaber that that can be extended to the point that he can even have the power of witnesses, the power of actual testimony, and it would stand up against two witnesses that come to Besdin, and he would be believed even more than those two witnesses, which is an incredible chiddush. Well, that's Allah that he's going to believe as he makes this kind of stipulation. So this would be a very good form of enforcing a star that it should be easily easily be collectible, it should be easily actionable by the fact that the, the Malva is going to be believed against him. So now the question is obvious. How is the lender going to ever be believed that he paid back? If, he's, if there's going to be a stipulation that the borrower is always believed, so how will the lender be believed that he paid back? So the, the answer to that is also obvious that you can destroy the note. You can, once you pay back, 
make sure to collect the star and rip it up. If you're the lender, make sure to take the star and to rip it up. Another way, which is offered in the halacha, is the mechaber in Simen Ayin Aleph, Siv Dalet, Hamedaktikim Oishim Shoiver. The people who are careful not to get involved in situations which can bring to passable machlaikas, they what they do is that they get a signed receipt. They get a shoiver, which is a receipt, indicating that it was paid back. Miksav yodeh shal malve al shtar shal nemonus. Vesu lekel mechas amidi. And then there's nothing to worry about. So he makes sure to get back a signed receipt from the lender. And once he has a signed receipt, that's going to be believed um, that, the, that the loan was paid back. And this would be believed at, even, even against this Namonus, even if he says he wants to be believed by two witnesses, says this man of Kanyadalov, he still would be believed with this shaver, with this receipt, which was signed by the Malva, by the lender. Now, let's discuss a little bit the concept of this belief. What's it, in which instances does this work? So there's an exception, there's a case which is discussed in the Shailz of Truvas or Anach, Simon Chafalaf. The Truvas or Anach discusses this concept of believing the borrower over the, uh, I'm sorry, believing the lender over the borrower, the word of the lender over the borrower. And the borrower, even if technically al would have been a case where he would have believed to say that he paid back, he's not believed because of this stipulation that we made. So the Chubas are not right that this is limited to the exact situation where it happened. For example, let's say the person who agreed to this tonight, this stipulation, was not the borrower himself. Rather, it was the guarantor for the loan or the co-signer on the loan. If the co-signer on the loan agreed that the word of the lender should take precedence against the taina of Paraiti, against the taina that it was paid back, that will not obligate the loyva himself, will not obligate the borrower himself to, and, and not make him lose the ability for him to taina Paraiti. So Renach says like this, because of this tnai is why we're obligating to pay. Only something that was explicitly agreed upon. But if we try to extrapolate, try to build on this agreement into other things, we not include this nemonus into that agreement. And therefore, in this case, says Zeranach, which is talking about where the agreement was with the Ari, with the cosigner, with the guarantor, that agreement is not going to obligate the lender to pay um, against this tonight. So again, to sum up what we said before, the Mechaber is telling us that a person is able to stipulate that his star or this agreement should be in a way that he's always believed against the borrower. He can always say the borrower didn't pay back. And this can work with the power of actual witnesses, as if it's witnesses, and actually it will supersede real witnesses. If they come to Bezdin, it won't be a trade trade. It would be believed against those witnesses because he gave himself, he empowered himself, the lender, to be believed. Now, since that's going to be the case, 
the way to get out of it is to make sure to collect the loan document upon paying up. When it comes to be paid, you should the borrower should pay should collect the loan document when he pays, and he should rip it up, and or he should collect a receipt from the lender that the loan was paid up, and this is going to be valid even against the original stipulation that the lender should be believed, even as two witnesses. There's an interesting halacha in Shulchan Aruch. The halacha is brought down in Simon Kof Mem, in Hilchas Cheskos Karkois, which discussing ownership of seats in Shul. If, a, if two people are having an argument whose seat it is, and it says on the seat the name of the person, so since the minute was that they used to write their names on the seats in Shul, that signature, that name on the seat, or the plaque, or whatever it is, is considered a, as if it's a document. A document attesting to the fact that this seat belongs to him. I guess it must be the discussion was they didn't have the document anymore, the original paperwork that it was for the seat. Since it said it on it, we can assume that it was his, um, obviously it's probably only for as long as it would last, not for after the time, I guess each year it renews or whatever, but uh, but as far as during that time, if there's something that's not clear, we would follow the words that are on the seat. Now, what's the justification for this? Let's read the Allah and then we'll read the, the Bira Gra's explanation, a beautiful explanation to this Allah. So the Ramah says like this, The seats in Shul, That the custom was that everyone writes their name on the seats. That's considered a document. And anyone whose, seat, whose name is, is written on the seat, It belongs to him. And there's no one that can come and tie against it, that can argue against it. The seat will belong to the person whose name is on it. So the, the guy explains what kind of raya is this, that since the name is on the seat, that proves that it's his. So the Vilnagoyen says that it's not simply by the fact that it has his name on the seat. The Vilnagoyen says because it's based on minhag. We find in the Gemara in Baba Metzila, find Dalar and Aleph, there's a halacha called Situmta. Situmta is a concept which will be discussed in Richard Shem and later Shiur, that a person can make a Kenyan, can acquire something with ways of Kenyan which were not existent at the time of the Gemara, but they were but they are constantly evolving in the growing in the current markets, in the in the current for example, the Gemara is discussing a case where uh, something had evolved, a situation where people would order um, shipments of barrels of wine, and the way to know which barrels belonged to who, they would make a mark on it. Now, when they made that mark, the Gemara says that wasn't simply identification, that actually was a Kenyan. That was a way of being kind of that barrel, because that was the custom. In today's market, we know that um, there's a famous Kenyan in the diamond market where you shake hands and you say Mazel Bracha. So some people say, the Goyim also say that already. So Mazel Bracha is considered a Kenyan because this handshake which is done with this Mazel Bracha is viewed, this has the status of a Kenyan based on this concept of Sitomta. 
So Tumtum means it's something that was adapted as a custom in that time. So the Gemara is using it in the context of acquisition, of being kind of something, the same way we know that you can be kind of with Meshicha, Hagba, Yad, uh, Kenyan Agav, etc., etc. In this case, we're discussing an acquisition through an act that's not brought clearly in the Gemara, but it's, it's common market practice. So there are many applications of this halacha in today's market where there's so many ways to be kind of things, especially online kinyanim, which is also a subject of discussion. So this concept of satumta was used for Kenyan. Now, does this only work for Kenyan or not? So the Gross says it's not only for Kenyan. It's not only to be acquired, to use to acquire something. It's also usable as a matter, as a matter of proof, of proving that something is yours. That means if the common custom was to buy the seats and to acquire the seat by putting your label on it, so putting your label on it based on the concept of Satumta will give that label a power as a document. And no one is able to tina against this document that it's their seat. So a Satumta, not, wouldn't, I would have not necessarily thought that you can extend it so far. The, the, the simple comprehension of the, of the concept of Satumta would have been that you can use Satumta as a Kenyan to acquire something, but it doesn't stand fast as, as a proof, as a star that you acquired it. In this case, as the Gra, that you could use it, you can apply it to the concept of Shtaris, this idea of Satumta, and you could be kind of the seed of Mismadrash with this Satumta, this Maisa of putting the label on the seat. Again, since the custom was to prove the seat belongs to you by putting the label on the seat, and that was the way that you got the seat. So that's a valid halachic proof, and it acts in, the, in, in lieu of a document proving that the seat is yours, and other people cannot come along and try to argue and say that the seat was there, and to try to argue against the setumta and against the, the label that was put on the seat.